When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along, I'm Ian Brannan, and in this week's episode we look back on the events of Bank Holiday Monday, where Wolves edged the balance of league points just over the Bellevue Aces in two competitive and eventful Bank Holiday Monday clashes. We'll hear from some of those involved, not least the Bellevue boss Mark Lemon, Brady Kurtz, and also uh, Drew Kemp has his say as well, all to come. There was an unusual end to the clash at Peterborough, where the Panthers were hosting the Sheffield Tigers, tyres the issue and we'll hear from the Sheffield team manager Simon Stead. Dan Bewley had another terrific weekend in the Grand Prix two finals and two wins you don't get a record better than that in Speedway. We'll hear from Kelvin Tatum on his thoughts on that win for Dan in Roslav and the GP series as a whole so far. Plus we're looking ahead to two big fixtures this week the British Under 21 Championships which are taking place at Birmingham and Neil Middleditch who finally gets his test Testimonial. We'll hear from Midlow himself a little later on. All to come on this week's episode of No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. So a lot going on. The um, playoff places getting decided in the championship this week and moving into the playoffs uh, starting next week, I think, with the first fixtures there. And the playoff picture also filling out very much in the premiership as well. And a couple of one-off meetings this week we're going to focus on a little later, not least the under-21 final, which is taking place at Birmingham. We'll hear from uh, leader of the consortium, one of the owners of uh, the Birmingham Speedway team, Nigel Tolley, will be joining us to look ahead to that and also look ahead to the next season as well because they've already committed to to uh, getting underway at Perry Bar in 2023 so we'll get an update on the plans from uh, the man right at the top there and um, another big fixture taking place is at Pool Stadium where it's uh, the Neil Middleditch testimonial his second testimonial in his career and find out the story behind that uh, we'll hear from Midlow before the end but first of all we're going to start uh, in the matches on Bank Holiday Monday and that double header traditional double header between Bellevue and Wolverhampton and it was Wolverhampton who edged the balance of league points over Bellevue in two competitive and eventful Bank Holiday Monday clashes the Aces won 47-43 at the National Speedway Stadium early in the afternoon and uh, nearly crowned German champion 
Norik Bladorn starring at reserve with three race wins. Wolves, who led during the first part of the meeting, secured a league point with a 5-1 in the last race from Sam Masters, who finished with 14 plus 2 bonus, and Luke Becker on 12 plus 1 bonus. The reverse fixture at Monmore Green saw the Aces reel off a succession of race wins, with Captain Brady Kurtz in outstanding form with 15 points from six rides. But Wolves were the more solid side in the race to a 50-40 win to leave the visitors without a league point and nursing two injury concerns with both Tom Brennan and Charles Wright crashing out. Well, let's hear from a few of those involved in the fixture. Uh, first of all, let's hear from Wolves star Sam Masters. Well, Sam Masters, uh, four points from the two meetings against Bellevue today on Bank Holiday Monday, all but securing that playoff place now as well, which must be a, a big relief from the team. Yeah, that, that was the plan, to try and get the, a point at, at Bellevue and win today, and that's what we did, so I'm, I'm stoked for the boys. Everyone dug deep. These days are pretty hard, you know, doing two meetings, and then a few of us are in Poland yesterday racing also, so it's been a hard slog, but um, we got what we wanted. Yeah, and when you consider you got four points, obviously, Dougie being ruled out on the morning, um, having to use rider replacement for him, and then coming back to Montmore with, with Stevie ruled out through, after aggravating an injury as well. So does that make it even more impressive from the boys? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we're on the back foot at the start of the day with, with riding RR. That's hard enough. Well, riding two meetings hard enough, let alone riding RR. So um, we all dug deep. You know, we, uh, we, we needed a guest there after Stevie got injured because... Stevie's been really good for us this year and uh, but we got the job done with what we had so I'm happy Yeah, There's been a lot of talk about Bellevue and the form they've been in and could this finally be their year but with the two performances the two results that the Wolves have got today does that send a, a gentle reminder not just to the Aces but the rest of the Premiership as well? Yeah that's right, well, I mean we, we always do pretty good around Bellevue but they've been spanking everyone at home uh, the last few weeks so we knew it was going to be tough but to get a point from there just shows how strong we are especially with a patched up team and I'm not 100% fit myself so um, I'm so stoked for the, the results today Yeah, When you look at the two reserves Drew Kemp and Leon Flint I know Pete Adams has been frustrated by the indifference in their in their scores and performances but tonight you, you, real, you really saw them riding with some fire in the belly didn't you? Yeah we needed the reserves today when you have got a patched up team you need the reserves doing, doing pretty good and, and Leon especially Leon every week's getting better and better around uh, around Wolverhampton and uh, it's awesome to see. Yeah, a trip to Sheffield on Thursday, like you say, it's all, all but secure, but really now in these uh, last few away meetings, building into those playoffs, just want to just wanna keep the ball rolling, I guess. Yeah, it'd be nice to uh, get something out of, uh, keep, keep the ball rolling with uh, good results and get something out of Sheffield and um, yeah, see, see what we can do and, and that gives us confidence going into the playoffs if we uh, continue the form. Sam Masters, who were just finding things a little tough going right at the end of that meeting. A very tough afternoon for him on the fitness front, you have to say. Really putting his body to the test there, coming back uh, not long ago from injury. And we'll hear a little bit more from Sam Masters later on because, of course, he was the winner of the Championship League Riders' Championship last week at Poole. So we'll uh, talk to him about that in just a while. Right now, let's get the Bellevue point of view from the team manager, Mark Lemon, with Ryan Guest. Well, Mark, we'll come on to the, the results and the performance here at Mom Green shortly. Uh, first and foremost, though, Tom Brennan and Charles Wright withdrawing from tonight. What's the, what's the latest update on those two? Uh, yeah, obviously, you know, Charles has got a, like a recurring shoulder injury um, and obviously he's landed pretty heavy on that. So, uh, you know, we're a bit concerned about his wrist there, but um, that was his shoulder um, and obviously you know, ruled out of the meeting with that. Uh, so he came down quite heavy. Um, Tom, on the other hand, um, you know, he's landed quite hard on his, 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 his bottom and uh you know quite an impact there so he's um 
basically he got checked out. He did actually get up and walk out of the ambulance, but then moments later he's, he's gone back to ambulance, so he's, he's going to go off to hospital to get checked out. So, you know, unfortunately we got pretty much injury depleted tonight um, and probably really affected our, our scoreline. Um, but, yeah, the other guys really rallied quite hard and, um, yeah, some pleasing episodes, especially with Brady Kurtz, you know, on fire tonight. Um, just that one last place and um, yeah, it was good to finish off with a you know, 5-1 Yeah, I was going to say from the Aces perspective really took it to the, the Wolves in those first seven races level at 21 points apiece and that, that heat eight I think it, uh, that was when Wolves got two back-to-back 5-1s and that seemed to be a, a turning point in this fixture Yeah, it's funny how things pan out in, um, and uh, in Speedway you know, like the momentum changed then you know, when we had some you know, injury delays and uh, the Wolves obviously knowing the track you know, you know to try it tricky little track isn't it and um they just came to the fore there and got a bit of a bit of a run so um yeah that's it's it's that's the way you know we would like to have got a point um you know 10 point deficit's not the end of the world uh you know it looks like the, you know, the top four is pretty much sort of established now um just a few minor details and, and points uh, and, and meetings, meetings to have to to confirm that but yeah, it could be an interesting uh, time come players. Certainly could be. Always a little bit of needle when, whenever these two sides meet. Certainly showed at one point there was both paramedics uh, out and uh, Matty Zagar live on the Eurosport cameras doing a, a bit of gardening on the inside gate and then Wolves, uh, Wolves getting a, a track grade out as soon as he was ordered in. Uh, I saw you straight over to the phone, so uh, not, not too pleased with that? No, unnecessary. Um, yeah, we see it quite often, um, really. And I think yeah, all you just ask for is a fair race trip, you know, um, and there was no need for that, to be quite honest. But um, it, it goes on. But you know, we have officialdoms in place, the SCB, uh, and they can, they should be controlling these meetings. Um, but yeah, there's nothing really more to add. That it's just, uh, you know, it's. Uh someone just trying to get an advantage yeah like you say playing a, a waiting game on the fitness of Charles and Tom but looking ahead to next Monday at the National Speedway Stadium Sheffield Tigers in town and a, another famous rivalry yeah we'll sort of dust ourselves off after tonight um, and, and really sort of look forward to embrace that you know hopefully another classic encounter with the, with the Tigers and the, the War of the Roses um, like I said we're coming to the pointy end of the season so these meetings really matter um, it's important to sort of you know, get uh, some sort of advantage and sort of a confidence boost to coming towards the playoffs. So, you know, yeah, there's, there's rivalries between the Wolves and the, and the Aces and, uh, and obviously the War of the Roses is going to be no different. Mark, many thanks for speaking to us. No worries, cheers. That's Mark Lemon then chatting with Ryan Guest. Ryan also caught up with one of Bellevue's star men, Brady Kurtz. Well, Brady, a 10-point defeat here at Wolverhampton on uh, Bank Holiday Monday night and it turned out to be a, a bruising night for the Aces as well. Yeah, it's... It's disappointing, really. That's uh, it's not really, really what we wanted with Tom and Charles both being off. It was really difficult after that. So, hopefully that we can get them back fit, and hopefully they're going to be all good. We we really need them, and and uh, yeah, it's a shame when when stuff like this happens. But this is the sport, and all we can do is wish them the best, and hopefully for a quick recovery, if not sooner. <laughs> yeah, going into that heat eight as well when Tom did crash out in the initial stage and it was all square, 21 points apiece, so how much of a, a turning point was that perhaps? Oh absolutely, well clearly it just went downhill from there you can't really come to a come to a match missing two riders without RR or anything to, anything to cover, so uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, Tom and Charles have both been doing good and we've seen how good Charles can go around Wolves, so it's uh, yeah, it may, may be one that slipped away from us, but uh we can hold our heads high. I think 10-point defeat missing two riders is not so bad at the end of the day. So uh, it's been an OK day for us. We got the win at home, which was important. And, uh, yeah, we need to keep 
keep working towards the next matches in the playoffs. Like you say, everyone's been talking about Bellevue, the informed side, working the way towards the playoffs. But maybe, maybe the way to the two performances have been today, such two close contested meetings, maybe uh, just a little reminder going into that business end of the season. Absolutely, we never thought we were too good. That's for that's for for sure. Um, Wolves have always been our our toughest customers. I think it's it's kind of strange that our tracks are so absolutely different, but we both go quite well on the on the opposite one so uh yeah we can we can say it was a hard fought battle today and uh yeah we'll try and get our full team back and as will wolves as well they were missing some guys so we can uh yeah well we can do is look for the playoffs really looking at yourself individually uh here tonight six rides five wins three in successive heats as well so uh, a busy night for yourself and a successful one too yeah i uh i was pretty disappointed with the small this morning's performance obviously we got the win which was important but I was I was far from my best and I really wanted to wanted to correct that I haven't had too many good matches around Wolves in the past so it's definitely definitely nice to have a good one here and uh, yeah hopefully if we do happen to come back for the playoffs I can bring that with me yep next up for the team at the National Speedway Stadium uh, another good rival with the with the Sheffield Tigers and obviously uh, dished out a, a big big uh, big big victory over them last time you met yeah Sheffield were looking really strong at the start of the year and uh, they've had some injury problems and stuff now as well so I'm sure they're going to be looking to bounce back and push for the playoffs as well and uh, yeah it's just like I said before we just need to keep focused keep pushing and get the momentum and uh, yeah we need to keep show everyone that we're, we're the best side again Bellevue captain Brady Kurtz chatting with Ryan Guest it was a bruising encounter for the Aces with Tom Brennan and Charles Wright both withdrawing Tom Brennan though has released a statement saying that um, he's going to wait and see if he can manage to race in the under 21 final at Birmingham on Wednesday and hopeful to get back on a bike as soon as possible the same for Charles Wright but looks like he's going to be absent for uh, for a week or two as well and is indeed missing for red car on uh, Tuesday at the time of recording this we'll hear from Tom Brennan though on the under 21 final very soon someone who finished just behind Tom last year in the 21 final was Drew Kemp and uh, he was of course racing at reserve for Wolves in uh, both of those fixtures and they say reserves win meetings and certainly the reserve department at Wolves has uh, found its groove somewhat lately Um, although that said it's been a bruising time uh, online for some of these young riders with the keyboard warriors coming out with their advice on what they would do and uh, Drew We've certainly got a message for those in just a sec. But here's Drew Kemp with uh, a nice little chat with Ryan Guest now. Well, Drew, from a, a Wolverhampton team perspective, obviously more or less clinching that uh, playoff place with four points uh, from the two meetings against Bellevue today and two real uh, dogged performances as well. Yeah, obviously we knew what we had to do coming to, into these two meetings. Obviously, four points was not necessary, but you know it was to make life easier for ourselves and to sort of really... Con- I don't know, concrete the words, <laughs> like us into the, you know, our position in the top four, um, you know, that's what we needed to do. So, yeah, with the boys pulled together and we all chipped in the points well and, um, yeah, to come away from, uh, come away from Bellevue with a point is, is a good result and, yeah, to win tonight is, uh, is a good result as well. Really had to come together as a group as well. Obviously, Sam's nowhere near 100% fit at the moment. Uh, Dougie obviously pulling out on the morning of the meeting. Stevie pulling out after the meeting at Bellevue as well. So, like you say, really had to come together. Yeah, it's not ideal when, you know, you're missing two riders and, you know, three of your riders particularly aren't at their best. Obviously, Sam, you can tell he wasn't at his full fitness tonight, but for him to, to come and do the, what he's doing at the minute um, and doing as well as he is, you know, it's, it's pretty good. So... 
yeah, if we can sort of do that when we are sort of 50% as a team, then, um, you know, it really sort of shows what we are capable of when we're all at full fitness and uh, all, yeah, chipping in the points. Definitely. Looking at the night fixture here at Monma Green, obviously it was pretty tight in the opening half. Then Bellevue had a, a couple of riders pull out injured. But nevertheless, uh, Wolves still had a, a job to do against the opposition that, that were remaining and certainly did that in style in the end. Yeah, you can only beat what's in front of you at the end of the day, can't you? So, uh, yeah, as you say, it was pretty close at the start. But for us to... To really stretch our legs in the end was uh, was really good for us, and you know it just makes everything a bit more relaxing. Not everyone's not so tense, and you know people can sort of start to do well again. So no pressure on us. So yeah, we're all enjoying it when it's going well, and um, you know it's great to be a part of the team how it's going at the minute and um, yeah hopefully we can carry this form into the playoffs Obviously a lot has been said about uh, about the Wolverhampton reserves obviously it's it's two young Brits um, but battling the way in, in the top league it's not easy and we've certainly seen the, the, the effort you've been putting in and, and behind the scenes it's probably been even more hasn't it? Yeah I think I've been called sort of every name under the sun a, a Speedway fan can call me um, yeah it, it's not nice when you see all that stuff but at the end of the day people forget I'm still a 20 year old kid at the end of the day it's not easy at all and people think that we just get on the bike and that we want to come last in races but you know that's completely not the case um, so yeah when it's nice to, to do well and to have good means like this it, it's nice a good feeling for me to sort of show some of the people that are you know some keyboard warriors that um, you know I do deserve in this league and to be in this league and um, yeah there's a reason why I am so I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, not listen to what they're saying. And, um, yeah, hopefully I'll have the last laugh in the end. Yeah, let's not forget as well, obviously, Leon's the, the name rising star, so you're stuck at, uh, at number six. And, obviously, um, Leon's coming up against the, the number sevens on a couple more occasions. For yourself, you're, you're coming up against the, the heat leaders or, or the opposite number six as well. Exactly. Um, and I think people forget that as well. But, you know, it's only going to make me a better rider racing against better riders as such and you know I can tell myself that I'm definitely getting there with some of the riders and starting to beat some of the top boys so um, yeah I don't like to make things easy for myself and you know it shows my riding and and yet the number I'm at so uh, if I can continue doing what I'm doing just a little bit more better then uh, yeah we'll be alright We saw it against uh, Kings Lynn I think it was one point from three or four out and you had Peter kept you in eat 14 you won that I'd back that up with a, a great meeting against Peterborough um, but then tonight as well uh, six paid eight I think it was but you really look to be riding with some, some fire in your belly yeah to be honest around this track I, I struggle a little bit you know with me being I wouldn't really say my height really helps but obviously it helps being a smaller ride around here how tight it is so you know it takes a little bit of sometimes I'm good around here I'm a little bit inconsistent around here and I think that's probably the reason why so um, yeah to have some good meetings around here and obviously to <laughs> I can't really explain why I go from those one points to, to win the race, but um, that's something I'm trying to iron out in my racing in, in general everywhere. Yep. So, um, yeah, if I can continue finishing on a, on race wins and stuff like that, and then, uh, you know, it makes it good for me. Yeah, and just finally, um, like you say, it's all a learning process. You're still 20 years old. You're racing in, in the top flight, which is a privilege in itself. But if you could save your, your best performances right for the business end of the season when it matters most, I think uh, a lot of people would uh, <laughs> forgive you for the rest. Yeah, you know, just one of those things don't want to get me average up too wise. So, <laughs> uh, nah, you know, it, now is the time to, to really get my pull my finger out and, and get my arse into gear really and um and you know, it said business end of the season so 
yeah, the fans don't need to panic. I uh, know what I need to do, and yeah, we'll be good. True, brilliant stuff tonight. Thank you. There are certain people who you will never please, um, I think, in Speedway, and, and there will always be people who seem to come out spouting their wisdom, having never set foot on a track or even a Speedway bike, and seem to know better than these lads uh, of how to do the job. But uh, Drew Kemp there with his own message, and he's going to keep on doing what he's doing because it does seem to be working pretty well for him at the moment in time. Sheffield were 32-28 winners at Peterborough in a meeting abandoned after 10 races due to tyre issues at the East of England Arena. The decision was taken to call a halt after several problems during the meeting, culminating in a major failure for Benjamin Basso in Heat 10. Basso still top-scored for the Panthers with 10 plus 1, whilst Tobias Musilak scored 8 for the Tigers, who consolidated their place in the Premiership's top 4. A Peterborough statement said that rider safety is paramount and the club do not wish to see riders put at risk and therefore a decision had to be taken on safety grounds to call a halt to racing going on to say we never like to abandon meetings especially when the reason is for something other than weather or track conditions but on this occasion it was the only decision which could be taken let's hear from the Sheffield team boss though Simon Stead so Simon abandoned here at the East England Arena perhaps you can tell us why uh, why that was uh, yeah the the tyres couldn't last a, a race, so even a fresh edge is not lasting a race. And there's been sort of four or five punctures during the race. Um, I don't know what's caused it today in particular. Um, I'm not. I don't know what the difference is between today and a normal race day here, or if they've been having more issues that that you know not been uh, issued to the powers that be and and. Obviously, a resolution has to be found. Today's not the day for that. It's uh, it's about rider safety. Um, that's paramount. Uh, the riders weren't confident that a single tyre could last four laps. And when it comes down to that, um, you can't go out and ride safely, in my opinion. And the rest of the guys are, are all of the same opinion. So it finished Peterborough 28, Sheffield 32. The result stands, uh, despite there being the insufficient number of tyres to complete the meeting, and it gives Sheffield three Premiership points. So after the bank holiday meetings, the Premiership table looking like this. Ipswich are still top-ridden 17 meetings, and they've got 37 points. In second place are Wolverhampton Wolves at the moment. They've ridden 18 meetings and have 34 points. They are all but sure of heading into the playoffs now, as are Ipswich. Um, it would take Kings Lynn to go unbeaten and um, have particularly big wins. And, of course, Kings Lynn have still got a race against Wolverhampton Wolves yet as well. So, Kings Lynn, anything other than absolute perfection for the rest of the season and... Uh, that would be the only thing that would uh, would cost Wolves their their playoff place. So I think you're probably going to assume that um, Kingsley would drop a point somewhere, and uh, and the margin of victories wouldn't be big enough either. So 34 points for Wolves pretty much sees them guaranteed for the playoffs. And then behind them, with 16 meetings ridden and 32 points, uh, are Bellevue Aces. So they're on the cusp of being assured as well. And then the Sheffield Tigers with 30 points, having ridden 14 meetings. It's going to be a very busy few weeks for the Sheffield Tigers to catch up those meetings. And I think there's a plan to to race uh, a couple of times a week in some weeks as well to, to catch up on those uh, fixtures. So busy time ahead for uh, Tigers fans, but they will catch up. And uh, if of course, they win those meetings in hand. Sheffield could still go steaming up to the top of the table. Kings Lynn Stars are in fifth place. 15 matches ridden and uh, 18 points on the board. And then Peterborough Panthers on uh, 16 
matches ridden and 10 points uh, down at the bottom as well. So that's how things look in the Premiership as far as the league table is concerned. And looking ahead to the upcoming fixtures, well, Kings Lynn are racing against Peterborough on Thursday and Sheffield taking on Wolverhampton. Uh, both of those in the Premiership, both starting at 7.30. That's at Thursday, September the 1st. The next action in the Premiership will be on Monday and we've got two fixtures on Monday the 5th of September. A War of the Roses, Bellevue versus versus Sheffield at 7.30 at the National Speedway Stadium and Peterborough Panthers versus the Ipswich Witches and uh, that is on Eurosport 2, the chosen fixture there on Monday night, Peterborough versus Ipswich. And of course, as we just mentioned, Ipswich have booked their place in the playoff places uh, in the uh, Premiership and that was guaranteed at Foxhall against Wolves last week and commentating on Eurosport on Monday night was Danny King, a member of the Ipswich Witches side and uh, he had a quick catch-up with Ryan Guest. Well, Danny, it was uh, another brilliant home performance at Foxhall. I know Wolverhampton were a, a bit hampered with uh, one or two riders struggling last Thursday. Nevertheless, which is the first team to, to book the place in the Premiership playoffs this year? Yeah, obviously it was a great result for us. Um, you have to feel a bit for Wolves. Um, we've been in that situation before and it's not nice, so... Um yeah, you know, we uh, we felt a bit bad for them, but at the end of the day, it's, it's Speedway and you can only race what's in front of you and, um, you know, it was nice to, to seal that spot, as you say. Nice to get it wrapped up nice and early as well. You never really want it going down to those last few meetings, do you? No, we have a lot of experience at that from the uh, beginning of the year. Every week seemed to be a last seed decider, but um, no, it was certainly a good team performance and, and the new boys seem to have settled in really well. So, um, all in all, it's been, it's been a positive few weeks for Ipswich and hopefully we can get this, uh, keep this ball rolling now into the playoffs. Yeah, a couple of meetings coming up uh, next week against uh, Peterborough based on what's happened on uh, on Monday at Peterborough as well. Uh, could, could be an interesting trip there. Yeah, it could, but it's a, it's a track we all enjoy. Um, unfortunately, everyone seems to enjoy it, so it's always going to be a tough meeting. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's one of them things. We just have to wait and see how it plays out. But certainly nice to have a little bit of pressure off, but we don't really look at it that way. Uh, you know, we want to win every meeting and try and build momentum and moving forwards. Like you say, it's all about keeping that ball rolling as well, isn't it, into the playoffs? Absolutely. Um, you know, you want to go into the playoffs on your top form and... Uh, and everyone firing, so uh, that's the plan. Obviously, we, we, we spoke in depth about la- last year as well, and obviously it's been a, um, a tough time for the witches at, at points, but this year certainly seems a, a totally different atmosphere around Foxhall. 100%. Um, you have to give a lot of credit to the club. Um, you know, they've gone out and they've made a bold signing in Jason Doyle, and... Um, you know, it's it's proved it's proved the point. You know, when you've got a leader like Jason in the team and someone of his his class, it it, it shows throughout the rest of the team. And um, you know, I, I can't say anything bad about the guy. He's he's been fantastic with every member of the team, including myself. You know, even the more experienced guys, he's there to lend a hand and and he leads by example. And uh, when you've got someone like that who wants to win and he's going out and winning heat one for you every week with a big smile on his face, it makes you want to win. And um, you know, he's been a, a huge key to the success we've had. And I know we've still got a, a long way to go. Yep, still uh, still plenty of key races, key meetings to come. But nevertheless, you've got a, a long association with Ipswich. What would it mean if you if you could lift the, the league title in the top flight with the Witches? It'd mean everything to me. Um, as I, everyone knows, that Ipswich is very close to my heart, and um, I do look at it as my home. And they gave me a chance when I was 16, and, and really got me where I am today. And, and I'd love to repay that favour. And, and it's been a dream of mine for a long time to lift the trophy for Ipswich. And we seem to keep falling a bit short, but um, you know, hopefully this year will be the year and I'll be able to stand and lift that trophy in front of the home fans. Well, there's Danny King chatting with Ryan Guest and uh, perhaps famous last words there because they were talking about um, Ipswich having a, a full team to choose from. Not quite the case 
anymore because Danian Hume has suffered a broken collarbone whilst riding in France. He's awaiting news on whether an operation's needed or not, but still hopeful of returning for the playoffs. So uh, all the best to Danian Hume. Danny King had a night off on Monday, but he was working hard. He was working alongside Kelvin Tatum on the Eurosport coverage in the commentary box. And we can hear from the British legend himself right now because Kelvin also fresh back from Roslav, where he was watching a great night for the British riders in the Grand Prix series. Uh, not least, um, all three uh, Brits getting through to the same semi-final. Dan Bewley, Robert Lambert and Ty Wuffenden up against Bartosz Schmarschlik in that semi. Uh, ultimately, though, Dan Bewley did it again. A second Grand Prix round in as many weeks. It's quite incredible. He now finds himself third in the world. Here's Kelvin Tatum and his look back on the Grand Prix weekend with Ryan Guest. Well, obviously, the, the Grand Prix series resumed a couple of weeks ago. Now two rounds have passed and certainly Dan Bewley's come back a, a totally different character and certainly uh, starting to set the world alight at the minute. Yeah, he uh, he's riding on the crest of a wave, you know. Um, in Gorjov, just before this sort of summer break if you want to call it that he uh, he just missed out making the final there and he was a little unlucky there uh, but it was crazy because as we were you know in Cardiff everybody's going oh he's going to win and I'm thinking well he actually hasn't made a final yet but you know his performance on the night tricky conditions just extraordinary and um, you know to be the first one since Chris Harris to do it you know, I think, uh, and we've had a three-year break from Cardiff. It was sensational for a way to do it. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Like you say, people were actually talking about him winning it, even going into that break, as you mentioned, um, despite not making the final. So to, to do it with a little bit of expectation on his shoulders as well, that, that, that's even more impressive. Yes, and I think this is the key to him. You know, he has this great temperament. You know, he just seems very calm, relaxed. He isn't. He's kind of just letting it all sort of float over him. Um, and he he just you know it's a stunning start in the final if he was feeling any nerves there or feeling a little bit twitchy i must say that he would have um maybe he would have blown it but he didn't you know he absolutely nailed it so um uh, you know it was a, it was a it was a marvelous display actually from him and then some more expectation obviously on his uh, home track last time out and and does it back to back yeah and, and i think in some ways i think he was probably even more chuffed with that one because obviously he's won a grand prix everybody again talking about him being a winner back-to-back grand prix winner uh didn't look likely after four rides um uh, five points out of four rides looking tough but won his last ride squeaked in and then to be perfectly honest he never looked like not winning it you know and then in the final he's so fast and he looks really good on the bike it's not Larry it's not wild it's all under control and uh, yeah it's uh, it's a special time for him almost almost uh, likely to forget in some ways that, that this is his first year in the Grand Prix series so not only to win two Grand Prix to win them back to back just just how impressive is that and, and how hard is it to do well, it's extremely impressive. Um, uh, I think it's Bartosz Schmarslik like when he bur- burst on the scene. It really is that that significant, uh, and it's very hard to do. You know, um, uh, nobody gifts you a Grand Prix win, that's for sure. And they certainly had to work for it in in Vroslev. Um, you say it's his debut season. You're absolutely right. But in actual fact, if you look into it a little deeper he shouldn't even be there you know if we didn't have a war going on then he wouldn't be in the series so you know Jack Holder also riding well as well but for Dan Bewley he's taking this opportunity and he's running with it and uh, long may it last 
let's not forget there were actually two Brits on the podium mm. on Saturday night as well. Uh, a much improved display from, from Robert Lambert. Yeah, good to see that because he was clearly frustrated and disappointed after Cardiff. You know, home Grand Prix didn't happen for him. And right from the get-go, you know, Bewley and Lambert put on a great show in Heat 2. And he was competitive all night. So, you know, it's always frustrating to miss out in the final, not to make the rostrum. And for him to steal it off of Janowski and stand on the box, I'm sure it was a proud moment for him. Great for British Speedway as well. I think I read somewhere over the weekend it was the first time since 2000 maybe that two Brits have been on the on the podium as well. So a, a massive step in the right direction for, from a British Speedway perspective. Yeah, you know, two quality riders. You know, we've got three riders in the Grand Prix that are, are you know, obviously Woofenden is a proven rider. Uh, he hasn't had his best season. But Lambert and Bewley are, you know, becoming genuine world-class riders. And, you know, at their age, they're going to be around for another decade, 15 years. So, you know, that is, that is inspiring for lots of kids in Britain you know that's what you can achieve just very finally going into these last few rounds I know everyone um, despite him not at his best thoughts Marshall was going to be running away with it but maybe just a, a few questions being asked perhaps yeah I think so I think in some ways the weight of expectation is possibly getting to him a little bit no Laguta um, everybody saying that he was going to be the world champion before he even fired a bike up so in some ways I can understand it and he hasn't quite hit the consistency that, uh, and that maintained that level as he did last year I sense he'll do it but I think it could get quite close Cheers Kel No worries It's Kelvin Tatum chatting with Ryan Guest and uh, Kelvin is getting a brand new podcast of his very own and um, I know that um, a lot of people used to like listening to Kelvin's podcast when he when he used to do the one with, with Nigel Pearson and I'm um, honoured to say that uh, that Kelvin approached me to help him make his, his new podcast and that is going to start later this week and he's starting big his guest will be Dan Bewley and uh, we've got a chat with uh, Kelvin and myself uh, chatting with Dan Bewley for well an hour or so covering many topics uh, including that win in Cardiff uh, and uh, also um, the chances of him coming back to, to Great Britain and um, his backstory growing up in Workington Riding the new North Side track, all in that podcast, which will be out uh, this Thursday, I think is the plan, Thursday night. So look out for that. It's called Tatum Talks with Kelvin Tatum, funnily enough. Coming up in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear, we are turning our attention firmly on the stars of the future because it is the British Under-21 final at Birmingham. It's the first time Birmingham have hosted a, a major event for quite some time. I think, uh, you know, as far as a ma- proper major event goes, probably looking back around 2008, we think, if not uh, longer. So um, we'll hear from Nigel Tolley, who's uh, one of the owners at uh, Birmingham, is the leader of the consortium there and the man really who has uh, put his money where his mouth is to get Birmingham back up and running and back in the right direction. So we'll hear from Nigel Tolley on hosting not just this meeting this week, but also looking ahead to next year because already plans are in place and they're already starting to talk to riders and and all this kind of thing. So uh, we'll have an update from Nigel Tolley and look ahead to the under-21 final at Birmingham. And Plus, we'll hear from uh, a couple of the favourites, Tom Brennan and Leon Flint, who will be joining us in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. Still to come, we'll hear from Neil Middleditch ahead of his testimonial, which takes place on Wednesday, the 31st of August. And right now, we're turning the attention very much 
on the uh, Birmingham Brummies because there's been a couple of uh, articles of news about the Brummies and their plans for 2023. And it's also the venue for the British Under-21 final, uh, also on Wednesday, the 31st of August. But first of all, to this news that Birmingham Speedway have verbally agreed a stadium lease at Perry Bar for the 2023 season. It's another big boost for the Curtis Sport Brummies, who've already declared their intentions to race in next year's championship to the British Speedway Promoters Limited. And I'm pleased to say that consortium leader Nigel Tolley is with us. Uh, Nigel, welcome to No Breaks, No Fear. Um, Tell us about this news and tell us about where you're at with preparations for 2023, because it sounds like now you're you're good to go. You've got the green lights, um, certainly you know, internally. You've got this uh, mission to run next year. And now it seems that conversations are being had to, to get yourselves in uh, into a better position for 2023. Just give us an update on the uh, latest from Perry Bar. Right, yeah, well, it's all systems go, basically. Um, yes, we've verbally agreed the lease for next year. Um, that's all set. Um, we want to make sure we're not in the position we were last year where we had to basically wait until well, towards the end of January um, to set up the team. Um, we want to get in there early and we want to make sure that we've got the correct team. Last year, when we set up the... Uh, when we set this up... Um, I promised the supporters that we'd get a team that would um, get into the playoffs this season. And we've let the supporters down on that. And I want to make absolutely sure that doesn't happen for next year. We fully intend to have a team that will make the playoffs next season. Um, and we are getting approached by riders you know, already that want to come to us for next season. A lot of riders do want a midweek team and they want a, a team in the Midlands. So... I'm very much looking forward to next year's team. And what have you learned over the course of this year? Because, of course, um, getting involved with Birmingham, uh, obviously any Speedway club, there's a number of challenges to overcome, and especially when you've not actually, um, I guess, put your money where your mouth is, as I, I suppose, as many people will talk about, that getting involved in a club and lots of things probably come up uh, along the way. What have you learned this year that you're probably keen to, to avoid for, for next year? Well, there was, it isn't in so much avoiding for next year, but it's learning exactly what has to happen. I think we were one of the first teams um, to experience a um, an abandoned meeting because um, we'd only got one set of paramedics and one ambulance um, when we were told, you know, it could be um, three hours before a county ambulance arrived, uh, which wasn't obviously any good at all. Um, and I think we, I think we were the first team after that to start to have two sets of paramedics uh, and two ambulances on site for each meeting. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's cost us, but it was necessary. We we couldn't afford to have another meeting uh, that we're in the same position as that. Um, there's little things you learn about. Um, I mean, the biggest headache is uh, shooting the greyhound track. Um, that takes an enormous amount of time um, on a Tuesday uh, evening, a Tuesday afternoon and Tuesday evening. And then again, after the meeting is finished on a Wednesday, the sheets have to be taken off again. And we have to be very careful with the Greyhound track on that. Um, 
for fear of um, tainting the, the greyhound track, contaminating the greyhound track. Mm-hmm. Um, that becomes even more difficult if it's rain and there's because the, all of a sudden the, the sheets are, are four times the weight of when they're dry, and we have to make sure again that shale doesn't uh, come off the, the covers and onto the greyhound track. Um, there's, there's, there's little things like that all the way through. We rely on volunteers for that. And, you know, we're trying to build our volunteer base, and they're an absolutely superb bunch. They're there at the moment. They're at Perry Bar at the moment, um, preparing the, uh, uh, covering the, the ground track. And they have been all afternoon. And we've got the track being worked on at the moment up there as well uh, to make sure we've got enough water down on it this evening, because obviously I don't think we've had any. We didn't have a meeting last week. And I don't think we've had any rain on that track since the meeting before. I looked at it on Sunday, and it really was like a motorway surface. It had dried out that much. It was absolutely rock hard. And, of course, there's nothing like natural rain. But, you know, the bouncers out there now um, watering the track. We're going to need it to start preparing the track properly in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, there's little things that you learn all the way through. Um, oh, the, the list is just endless. Um, when we set up the business plan, um, I was given a list of all the weekly outgoings, which we discovered really are wildly inaccurate. Um, but obviously, I know all of that now, so I know exactly how much it's going to cost next season. Um, so we're a lot better prepared. I'm, you know, we've got everything under control now. And we shall go into next season um, being able to concentrate on getting into those playoff places. You know, we're still not getting the numbers in. A big exercise we're doing over this winter is uh, promoting um, Speedway, um, Birmingham Speedway. But we need we need Speedway promoted in general throughout the, the country. Um, the, the crowds that we've got out at the moment, they're the old... Uh, absolutely superb supporters, but they're getting older and older. Um, and we're losing a few. We need to get a new generation of supporters into Speedway, not just in Birmingham, throughout the country. And I'm determined to, um, that we're going to get it right at Birmingham and get it really promoted for next year. A no, lot of things yeah. to do, but we will get there. Yeah, you, um, you certainly yeah. sound like you're a man on a, on, on a mission. I, I have to say as well, from doing this podcast, and uh, you know, the... We, we get a rough idea of, of where people are listening and Birmingham is very much up the top of, of areas in the country yeah. where people listen to the British Speedway podcast. So therefore, you know, yeah. they're, they're there. It's just getting them out. Yeah. And as you say, maybe some of them are a bit older now and can't make it, but the, you you That's are right. in this big city, you know, the second biggest city. London doesn't have its own club. Yeah. Really, you know, it, it, it must be frustrating for you knowing that the, the fan base is there, but it's just getting them through the gates. It's, it's getting them through the gates. It really is getting them through the gates. Uh, but, it, you know, we, we, we'll do other promotions at the same time as the Speedway um, in between races up there and things like that to make sure everybody is entertained all the way through the evening. Um, I mean, there's a superb um, grandstand bar there um, which has uh, got uh, can, about 800 people can be seated in there. Um, they they there's a superb three-course menu on there, um, which is which is cheap. But we're not getting the right crowd in there that wants to sit down, watch Speedway, and have a 
a superb three-course meal uh, and your drink served at the table with an absolutely superb view of the track. We need to attract that type of person in there as well. Then, of course, we need the sponsors and we need people to fill the... Uh, we've got superb um, uh, club rooms, etc. Uh, boxes, superb boxes. Uh, we've got to promote those. We've had nobody in the boxes at all this year. Um, so it's a matter of marketing and promoting uh, very heavily this winter. But we, uh, I am absolutely t- determined that we will get there. Um, a lot of work, a lot of work, but we, we will get there. And as you say, it is the second biggest uh, population in the, in the, in the uh, country, the second city. Um, we, I'm sure we can do a lot better. Um, we were le- I, I was expecting more from the um, Commonwealth Games this year. Commonwealth Games is the stadium, Alexander Stadium, is right on our doorstep. It's literally as the crow flies about uh, 600 yards away. And I thought we might um, boost our supporters from that. But to be quite honest, that was an absolute letdown. In actual fact, the main Wednesday, we couldn't have a meeting because it was the same day as the 100 metre and 200 metres, I think 400 metres final. And we were told that we couldn't have a meeting because the the sounds of the bikes would be coming over the sounds of the 100 metre final, etc. So, so we lost the meeting on that. Um, so that was, I was expecting big things from the Commonwealth Games, a lot of positive, and it's all turned out negative, including the roadworks. That's a big advantage that we've got now. It's been chaos around Perry Bar for the last two years with roadworks. Absolute nightmare. Um, that has now finished. And it's a clear run. I mean, it's a, off Junction 7 of the, uh, the M6 now. It's... Um, literally a straight road and you're there within three or four minutes so at least that's clear now at least people haven't got to worry about the roadworks which has been a nightmare it's been one nightmare after another to be honest yeah yeah it's uh, it's, it's been quite a year for you and uh, injuries have obviously played a part and you can't really plan for those because you know things no. happen in speedway but that's uh, that, yeah. th- those are the cards you dealt that you may not be dealt next year but i think to to get your plan together and, and announce your intention must put you in a strong position for signing riders because riders are now obviously coming to the end of of this year starting to look not just in this country but abroad as well at their their options yeah. so for you to be first out um, and, and able to say, look, as you as you mentioned, you know, many riders are based in the Midlands or, or looking for airports. They're going to be able to get them out to, yeah. to wherever it is they're going to play. You do have that, and it puts you yeah. in a strong position, I think, really, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Yeah, I mean, we're we're what twenty minutes away from Birmingham Airport, um, hour and a half to the London Airport, um, straight motorway run. Um, well, we must be popular. Um, the riders must be thinking of us because we've literally had a dozen riders so far approach us that would like to come to us for next season. Um, so we're obviously getting that bit right. Um, but it's you know it's something we've got to work on. And one thing you've got to remember is that I said playoffs, we could put together a team that would win the league. But that team costs money and that doesn't equate to the increase in people through the turnstiles. Hmm. So, you know, you have to watch it a little bit from that angle as well. Um, 
But, you know, I'm sure it will make a difference with people coming in through the turnstile. We don't want a team that's going to run away with victories every meeting because it makes for boring um, entertainment. Um, It's got to be exciting racing up there. Um, And we will be, you know, there will be exciting riders in the team. Uh, We may see some riders from the past. Um, appearing at Perry Bar next season, uh, you know that's a possibility. But certainly, it's going to be a strong team. Certainly, will be a strong team. Yeah. Very much looking forward to that. Well, that's exciting news for the for the Brummies faithful there. That uh, you know that that is the the talk and and makes for it something to look forward to for next year and you've got this big event now coming up this week of course the Tolly Badgers British Under 21 final which takes place August 31st and you've got some of the country's top youngsters but first of all though great for Birmingham to be hosting the, you know this event it's it's one of the bigger events in in British Speedway and you know the next generation of riders you've got some great riders on show and always uh, usually produces great racing as well and as I say I think it's a long time I was talking with Ryan Guest earlier and we were trying to work out when when Birmingham probably had a you know a meeting of this kind of ilk and maybe the Elite League Riders Championship 2008 was where we went back to so it's the first time in a long time you've had something this big yes it is yes it's uh, it's an important meeting um it's going to be a very exciting meeting, but it's a very important meeting. The British Under Twenty One Championship, um, superb lineup. There's a few that have dropped out, obviously, um, and I, I haven't. I've been out all day today. Um, I had a very quick word with Lawrence tomorrow. I don't know if you know more than me on this. Um, whether uh, Tom Brennan is going to be riding tomorrow after um, his fall last night, um, mm. I'm very much hoping he is. But as I say this morning, um, the news wasn't particularly marvellous on that. But we shall see. We shall yeah. see what develops on that. The, the latest uh, we heard was a statement from Tom saying that um, he's going to wait and see. So I think it's going to be a late call. I think he's still hoping to. Yeah. Um, but it might not be possible, just depending. But um, his, yeah, his injuries are not that's as... the latest. Yeah. So we'll, we'll wait and see. I know that Kyle Bickley has dropped out and Max Perry replaces him. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, the lineup as we have it then is, is Vinnie Ford, Leon Flint, Max Perry, uh, Jody Scott, Harry McGurk, Henry Atkins, Joe Thompson, Tom Brennan, Drew Kemp, Nathan Ablett, Sam Hagen, Sam McGurk, Dan Thompson, Jason Edwards, Jordan Jenkins, Connor Bailey, and uh, Alex Goldsborough is the other reserve. So there'll be another reserve, a track reserve to put in there yep. because Max yep. Perry's taking one. So that's the lineup as it stands. A bit of a question mark over Tom Brennan, of course, which is a shame because he, he is the reigning under 21 champion. He won that at Red Car last year in the staging of it. And uh, let's hear from him right now, speaking about uh, the under 21 tournament with Ryan Guest. Yeah, as you say, um, very, uh, very different feeling, obviously, going into this year compared to last year. Um, last year was a little bit of an unknown. I've only done it a handful of times, but actually, probably the once. So uh, for me, it was almost a new experience and uh, ready to go and uh, ready to go and um, and, uh, and uh, defend my title. Defending your title at a, a track you know very well from this year indeed. Plenty of guest bookings at, uh, at Birmingham's Perry Bar Stadium. Is, is that something you hope can stand you in good stead? I hope so. I mean, I'll have to come and tell you after the meeting tomorrow. But uh, no, for us, it, sorry, um, <laughs> Wednesday. But uh, no, I mean, for me, um, obviously, I've had a, I've had a, I've had a plenty of um, of a race time there. So over over just the past few weeks. So uh, hopefully, it definitely puts me in a better place than uh, if I hadn't seen the track before. But uh, you never know. I mean, sometimes in those meetings, you just need a little bit of luck, and uh, hopefully, that's on my side. 
I know there's a, a fair few riders who feel they've got a, a genuine shot at the title this year, but nevertheless, with everything you've achieved in 2022, particularly in the Premiership with uh, with Bellevue and the Rising Star situation, uh, do, do, do you think you're going to be the, the, the front runner to, to retain that title? I hope so. Mm-hmm. Always hope so. I mean, we have to turn up to every sphere meeting, and uh, and um, and I'm trying to do the best we can. I mean, as long as I come away from that meeting knowing I put 100% in, which we always do, um, I'll, I'll feel happy. Um, obviously, I'll be lying if I say that I'll, I'm obviously going there. Uh, not, not to go win it because I am, you know. Obviously, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a there to go defend my title, and um, hopefully, I can. I mean, there's obviously going to be a lot of guys chasing my tail, and uh, like you say, take, 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 takes a little bit of luck, a little bit of skill, and uh, whoever, who, whoever wins on the night will obviously be the best rider. So, yeah, I know. I know. Whenever you've had a season like you've had this season as well, you always want to be able to to look back later on in your career and, and see a, a, an honour on your CV with that year next to it as well. So, um, how much would it mean to you if you could obviously add a, an individual on? with the season that you've had so far yeah massively um, obviously for me my last year in it I obviously want to try and end it well and uh, sort of I mean obviously the um, the um, under 21 is obviously like a, um, a um, stepping stone sort of where I want to be in the future so for me it obviously means it means a massive deal but it isn't obviously the all event so uh, for me it's um Definitely to gain to uh, to gain some experience. Obviously, might uh, might uh, might have put me in touch. Obviously, maybe some new people, some new clubs, which might have my name out there, which is which is always a bonus. So, uh, no, I mean, as I say, all in and uh, and uh, hopefully come out with the result we want. Well, there's Tom Brennan, the reigning British Under-21 champion, and that was recorded um, at Monmore, in fact, before he ended up having that crash in the meeting um, with Bellevue on Monday night, which was uh, on Eurosport 2. So as it stands at the time of recording this, uh, Tom is not sure if he's going to be riding or not. Um, By the time you listen to this, you will probably know uh, more about that situation. Um, So good luck to Tom, fingers crossed, but um, it wouldn't be a surprise to see him miss out, unfortunately, in case he is the reigning champion. But also uh, Nigel Tolley, who is with us um, right now. Um, he's a rider that goes very well around Ferry Bar because he's ridden for the Brummies a number of times this year. He does, yeah. He, he likes the track. He does like the track. Yeah, it, it'll be sad if, if Tom can't make it to, tomorrow. Let's just hope he can. I know he'll do his best to, to, to be there. But uh, we'll have to see on that. But you see now, as you just read out, it's a very, very exciting lineup. Well, one rider who is hoping to add to uh, some silverware he's already won this year is Leon Flint, the reigning under-19 British champion. Can he add the under-21 championship to his collection? Well, uh, his his thoughts with Ryan Guest. Well, Leon, obviously a, a great individual achievement last month winning the British under-19s. Now the attention's turned to the, the, the next level up, the under-21s. Uh, your thoughts going into Wednesday night at Petty Bar? Yeah, um, especially after that performance there, quite positive. Uh, been in a bit of a rut the past couple of uh, meetings, so hopefully finally got out of that. And um, yeah, all looking on to Wednesday now and hopefully can put a, put a shift in. After winning the under-19s, you, you know you've got what it takes to, to win these individual events as well? Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I know I've got what it takes for under-21s and I know what I've, on my day, got what it takes for the British final. So it's all just... Um, all about turning up on the day and uh, delivering so hopefully I've got a day off tomorrow and uh, you know get rested up and going guns blazing on uh, Wednesday Always helps in a way when it's at a, a track and a venue you know very well and uh, that's certainly the case with the uh, Birmingham's Perry Bot Yeah it's uh, it has changed over the years just um, how much dirt and well all the boring stuff with it to be fair um, but yeah 
last time I was there, struggled to start with and then finished off with uh, three three wins, one including uh, Heat 15. So going there with um, hopefully a decent set-up in mind and hopefully we can come out on top. Yeah. What would it mean if you could add uh, another individual title to, uh, to your CV so soon after your last one? Yeah, it'd be awesome, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, like I say, I, I believe I can do it. So... Uh, I just like to say, you know, we need to need to work hard. I don't know what the the status is with with Tom now after taking a heavy fall. Hopefully he's all all right, um, and hopefully he can make make his place in the lineup for Wednesday. Um, you know, it, it it would be you know a bit more ideal for me if he wasn't in it. But you know, Tom's a very good friend of mine, and uh, I, I hope he's hope he's all. All good, and uh, hopefully you can, like I say, make this place uh, Wednesday. Yeah, it always helps when you go into a meeting like that on the back of a, a positive individual display. Certainly had that uh, for Wolverhampton against uh, Bellevue at Mama Green on Monday night. Yeah, um, terrible, terrible night for us uh, at their place. Managed to correct it all tonight, and um, yeah, going off good form. So hopefully you can keep it running through now and uh, on to the end of the season. Looking at you, we're riding Mama Green tonight. Um, I know you've you found some of the lines are a bit frustrating at times, struggling to, to get on them, but show plenty of speed and look like you you rode Mama Green the best you probably ever have tonight. Probably, yeah. I, um, just just been trying to keep the correct attitude as as much as I've wanted to to give up with with it all. To be fair, with how tough it's been this year, with um, just just money and and all the rest of the things. Um, you know, I've 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 always had that thought in my head. You know how bored I am in winter, and how lucky I actually am to get get to ride my bike across the world and and get paid for it. Um, so yeah, it's all just try to stay humble and and remember why I started, and um, yeah, just enjoy it. There's Leon Flint then, and surely one of the front runners for the British Under-21 uh, Championships, which takes place at Perry Bar on Wednesday. Always a great meeting. If you can make it down there, get down to Perry Bar and sample some of the Speedway um, that uh, is going to be on offer. And, of course, see some of the upcoming talent, the next generation of Speedway riders, and look at some of the names that have been on that trophy in uh, past years. Uh, Tom Brennan, of course, the reigning champion. Dan Bewley. Robert Lambert, Kyle Howarth, Ty Woffenden, uh, just some of the names that over the last 10 years that have, that have won the British Under-21 title and uh, who will be the name going on that trophy for 2022. Find out tomorrow, heading down to Perry Bar. It's um, a 7.15 start. There's going to be um, obviously a parade and everything as well. Uh, if you can't make it in person, it will be shown live on BSN, British Speedway Network. Watch.britishspeedway.co.uk to find out more and how you can live stream that event wherever you are in the UK or indeed the world. Um, And Nigel, for you, uh, of course, I I mentioned some of the details there, but um, the stage is set at Perry Bar for this big event now. Uh, The weather's forecast is good for tomorrow as well. We could have done with a little bit of rain, as I said, really. This would be lovely if we had nice steady rain from now until about five o'clock in the morning. But uh, I don't think we're going to get that. It's uh, it's clear blue sky almost at the moment. <laughs> okay. But, uh, at least we've uh, got plenty of water from a borehole, um, so we shall be all right on water in the track. But it's, you can't obviously you can't beat natural rainfall. But uh, we sh- we yeah. shall get there. We shall get there. 
good stuff. Well, look, thanks a lot for the update on on everything, and and good luck with the event on on Wednesday, the under twenty one final, British under twenty one final at uh, Perry Bar, and um, all the best for twenty twenty three. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. It's going to be an exciting year. Birmingham Brummies consortium leader, the man at the helm, really there, uh, Nigel Tolly, speaking to us about um, the future for the Birmingham Brummies, which looks pretty rosy if uh, Nigel has his way. And uh, also the British Under-21 Championships, which uh, get underway Wednesday, 7.15 at Perry Bar. It's a big one. Get down there if you can, because there will be definitely some great racing and uh, a lot on the line as well. That Under-21 title for those young lads is, you know, one of the big things they're looking for this season. So, yeah, definitely major speedway and stars of the future, of course, on show. Not just the ones that you know, but some of the other lads in that field uh, will be the next generation behind them. Coming up then next on No Breaks, No Fear, we'll hear from Sam Masters, who won a bit of silverware himself last week at Pool Stadium in the Championship league riders championship and uh, he is the winner of that uh, the second time he's won it so we'll hear from him uh, on that one and also hear a little bit from um, louis kerr who was uh, one of the riders who helped save red car season they were just moments if not seconds away from uh, going out of the the whole championship playoff picture this year um, but um, a stellar performance from Louis Kerr and the rest of the Red Car Bears hauled them back into contention um, not least of course on Tuesday night when they had a job to do at Plymouth and boy did they do it so uh, reaction to that and we'll hear from Neil Middleditch before the end as well all to come on No Breaks No Fear No Breaks No Fear the official British Speedway podcast. Coming up, a special uh, interview with Neil Middleditch, who's marking his testimonial again. The second time is uh, had a testimonial. Find out the reason for that if you don't know the story very soon. Uh, Scott Mitchell, the former world champion darts player and uh, owner of the Dartometer <laughs> down at Pool Stadium, has had a chat with Midlow, and we'll hear that uh, very soon. First of all, on the subject of Pool, though, let's hear from Sam Masters, who won the Championship League Riders' Championship at Pool, of course, in his uh, Edinburgh Monarchs colours, and it was 11 years after his last triumph in the event. Masters emerged largely unscathed from a heavy pile-up in the first staging of the final, which also involved Ryan Douglas of Scunthorpe. Uh, both of them went through the fence actually and onto the uh, what was the dog track uh, but uh, they were both able to walk away although uh, Dougie has been injured and not able to take his place in any of the racing since then and uh, best wishes to Dougie as uh, his recovery continues uh, Masters then got the better of Pirate star Danny King and Red Car's Lewis Kerr to take the title and here he is reflecting on that win with Ryan Guest Well Sam it was uh, an eventful night down at Paul last Wednesday in the Championship League Riders um, and like you say to, to come out with everything you've gone gone through over the past month or so uh, must have been uh, feel like a, a massive achievement yeah I really I won that meeting back in 2011 I really want to do it again and I and I the season I've been having I thought this was my year to do it then I broke the, sh- the collarbone and hurt the shoulder and I thought it's it's going to be tough but then the night was going pretty good I was still a little bit uncomfortable on the bike but I had, was making good starts and uh, getting there on the track quite smooth and so um, going into the final I was pretty confident but then we all hit the deck again and I was thinking not again but um the boy's got the bike straightened up and, and uh dusted himself off and made a good start in the final which got me the win 
going to say, not only riding uh, not 100% before that meeting, but to go through that in the grand final and pick yourself up, that, that, that does take a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, to be honest, I've never felt this bad, in my body felt this bad in my whole life. So it's, uh, it's nice to be able to have been still scoring some points and um, I suppose it takes your mind off it a bit when you've got injuries. And I mean, I've had worse meetings at pool fully fit, to be honest, but um, I've had a good season and it's, it's nice that I can keep, keep the form going even while I'm injured. Nice to win it again individually, but from a, an Edinburgh Monarchs point of view, they, they love silverware, their supporters, the, the management, they all love a, a trophy or two up, up there as well, so uh, nice for the club as well. Yeah, that's right, it's not only for me, it's for, I'm wearing the Edinburgh jacket and uh, winning it for them. I've pretty much won every trophy in that league with them now, so um, yeah, I'll stoke to do it yeah, for, for the fans also. So there is the winner of the 2022 Championship League Riders Championship, Sam Masters of the Edinburgh Monarchs. Well done to Sam. Well, there was also fireworks at the Echo Arena when Redcar and Scunthorpe faced each other. The two sides ultimately battling it out for that final uh, playoff place in the championship, really. And Redcar pulled off an incredible comeback to defeat Scunthorpe 46-44. Last heat decider and no margin for error because at one point... Redcar were down by 10 points with three races remaining. So heading into heat 13 and needing nothing from there on other than perfect five ones. And that is exactly what they did in the final three heats. Five ones all the way and snatching victory with no margin for error. Uh, the Scorpions still took a league point, which um, moved them at that point to sixth in the table. Um, then the night after... Scunthorpe took a bit of a hammering at the hands of Berwick, who beat them 57-33 at Shieldfield Park. Uh, and that was Scunthorpe's um, season done at uh, up to that point. And it was all eyes on the Coliseum uh, at Plymouth on Tuesday night when Plymouth were taking on Redcar, Redcar's final league match. And um, from there on, they needed, well, at least a point, ideally three. And if they got four, then that would move them um, into uh, into fifth and, and obviously change who they would face and mean that Plymouth would end up facing Poole. So it was all eyes on there. And, um, well, what an evening they had once again. I mean, if Louis Kerr hadn't done enough heroics on the Friday night, uh, he was also well and truly involved in the action, along with uh, guest for the evening as well, Richard Lawson, who was an honorary Redcar Bear. And Redcar defeated Plymouth for the first time uh, this season in the league that Plymouth have been defeated at home in the league. They've been unbeaten all the way through 2022 uh, in the league matches. Uh, tonight was the night it came unstuck and Redcar raced to a 51-39 win over the Plymouth Gladiators. And that means, as I say, Plymouth actually finished sixth and means that they will uh, race against Pool Pirates in the uh, next round. And uh, Redcar will be facing the Edinburgh Monarchs, I think is the plan. Let's hear from, um, well, Louis Kerr and uh, also Hans Anderson of the uh, Plymouth Gladiators right now, speaking with Lee Kilby and Adam Roynan on BSN. I'm probably a bit shocked at the moment. I know we, we didn't take anything for, um, for granted, but they really came in and surprised us and steamrolled us really on our own track. Uh, some of us really um, underperformed today. Um, track was... You know, no, no, no issues with the tracks. Just they just wanted it more than us, and we couldn't really get the setup. Just one of those meetings, really. And when you, when two or three of you don't perform like you know you can perform, that is when you're up against it. Especially when they're really chomping at the bit to get what they need out of the meeting. 
yeah, they're, they're really firing. And what can I say? You know, hats off. They, they wanted this more than we did. And, you know, they ride our track better than us. Fair play. Absolutely. Nice one, Hans. And Louis, great meeting for the Bears tonight. As captain, you've got to be happy with the boys, right? Yeah, extremely. I think uh, we were really up for this tonight. You know, we wanted to get into the playoffs. Yeah, and we and we just hit them hard early on, and we managed to maintain that. And um, happy days. I think that was the difference to, to get on top of them early on, um, getting out of the stars. Like Casper, never seen this track before. Pops out two wins. Uh, the, the team spirit seemed to be better than ever in in, in the red car camp. So how, how was it for you guys? It really is. We're all enjoying it. It's a good vibe about the place and all and all the boys. We just really wanted it tonight. You know, we all want these extra meetings and we want to do it. You know, we've got the best fans in the country and we want to we want to carry on our season for those guys. And you were giving it 100. percent You enjoyed tonight? Loved it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, a couple of races had to had to send it, but it's all good fun. Brilliant, brilliant. And Hans, just you, you you will regroup. You've got the playoffs to come, so not all is lost. But you need to get the boys together, find out what guess you're going to have and get yourselves lined up for that playoff. Yeah, we definitely do. Like, this was a, a big <laughs> kick, kick in the backside, but, you know, sometimes you have to take a step backwards to go too forward. So, um, yeah, we're going to regroup. You know, it's, it's still been a good season for the Gladiators. We're in the playoff, uh, but we don't want the season to end yet. Now, some dates are still to be confirmed, of course, but the quarterfinals of the championship will therefore look like this. It'll be Pool Pirates versus the Plymouth Gladiators and uh, the Edinburgh Monarchs versus the Red Car Bears. There is one fixture confirmed so far, and the intention is for Pool Pirates to race on Wednesday, the 7th of September, which will be the home leg at Pool Stadium uh, against Plymouth Gladiators uh, next Wednesday, 7.30pm, the start time at Pool Stadium. And, of course, keep your eyes peeled for any other confirmations that come through over the coming days because they need to get organised reasonably quickly over the first couple of weeks, really, ideally, I think, of September. And then uh, we'll move to the semi-finals when Leicester and Glasgow will uh, drop into proceedings with uh, Leicester having their pick of uh, those remaining quarter-finalists, if uh, whoever wins. Finally this week, another big event taking place in the Speedway calendar at Pool Stadium is Neil Middleditch's testimonial, which takes place on Wednesday, August the 31st. Now, it's third time lucky, and uh, after a remarkable 38 years since first being awarded the events, the former Pirates captain and now team manager has been thwarted on two previous occasions, back in 1984 when the then-promotion went into administration and then in 2020 when the COVID-19 lockdown came in force just a week before his restaging. So it has indeed been a long time coming. He's uh, amassed a stellar cast for his meeting and prior to that he's had a sit-down chat with a massive Pirates fan and of course uh, former World Darts champion Scott Mitchell to reflect on uh, his career and also look ahead to his uh, big day which is taking place on Wednesday. Here's Neil Middleditch who starts by explaining some of the backstory as to why it's taken 38 years to get to this day. Yes, it's amazing. Uh, people say to me, you know, why is the manager getting a testimony? Well, you know, back in 84, I'd uh, done my 10 years writing for Paul for the whole 10 years and was given a testimonial then by the then promotion. Um, we had the meeting. Mum and Dad were on the gate collecting the money and helping along. And then we were told after the meeting they'd get the money they presented to me the next week. And sadly, the club went broke and um, I didn't receive a penny. And so that's basically why. And, and when Matt Ford took over the Paul club, he said to me he would give me a testimonial. So you were really unlucky that, that that promotion, their last ever meeting, was your testimony yeah. when it got 
yeah. hooked up in the administration. That's right, yeah, and, and it, was, it, was, it was my testimony and a number of other riders lost money, but, but so, yeah, that really hurt me because I say I've done 10 years at the club and, and uh, a lot of people, as the one they're doing now, have been helping them behind the scenes, getting things going. Um, yeah, basically we got, uh, you know, ripped off. It's a lot of work goes into these things and, and obviously that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is, very much. So you followed Dad Ken's footsteps into Speedway as a rider. You know, was he a, a supportive dad or was he a dad that really rather you did something else? No, no, he was, I mean, it, it, was, it was something I never wanted to do anything else. It was always at school, what do you want to do when you leave school, Neil? And I said, I want to be a speeder rider. And they say, well, what do you want to do for a real job? But no, Dad, he, he never pushed me. He never pushed me. I never sort of rode a speedway bike until I was sort of 15 years old. Um, and he supported me all the way through, really. I mean, we've, like most father and sons, you had your arguments on the tracks and things like this. But um, all in all, I, I looked up to him a great deal. Do you, do you remember that day when Paul came knocking on the door and... And, and signed you. Do, you. do you remember that? How, how did that come about? I, I was I was doing a few second halves. We used to have second halves back in the day there, so I was doing a few second halves, and and was we used to race against the reserves then, and, and I got started to beat a few, um, and then got offered the contract. So yeah, it was, it was an honest something I'd always wanted to, to ride for Paul. There's been nothing on it in my mind from from a, from a small child to to ride for Paul Pirates. Many won't know, but your dad also did a bit of managing. Yeah, in the late '60s. Yep. So you've kind of followed his footsteps. Absolutely. In becoming a manager as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you've become the most successful British league manager in the modern era of Speedway. How does that make you feel? It makes me very proud. I'm, I'm, and as you say, my, my, my father's career, we've actually mirrored each other. He started at Eastbourne, I started at Eastbourne. He went to Paul, I went to Paul. He rode for England, I rode for England. He, you know, I've managed England, which again was a great honour. But yeah, I mean, the team managing is something that I enjoy. And I think that's what comes across with the boys and with the fans. They... they they see my passion for the club, that's it. I'm, it's not just a, a job that stand there. Um, I, I have a genuine passion for the club and, 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 and to get the success. And luckily, we've been fortunate enough to have a lot. And I think, I think you know, what, what is the secret? Is it because you're a past rider that you can relate to the riders? Yeah, I think, I think, I think it's a lot to do with it. I think, you know, when, when I go to a rider and I say something to him and, and he knows that I've been there, okay, the, the, the eras have changed a long time since I've ridden a bike, but the principle's exactly the same. It doesn't change the speedway. Um, it's my job is man management. I can still hear an engine if it sounds slow or you know, too powerful or, or whatever, but they, they do kind of know, well, middle you've been there, you, you, you know what you're talking about. Going to what you know what you're talking about, you've, you've managed world champions. You've Javi, Loransky, Ricardson, Holder, and a, and a, and a brief spell with, with Greg Hancock. That, that must make you feel great inside. Did you yeah. ever feel when you, when you signed as a, as a manager for Paul that you would be dealing with, with world champions, such great riders? No, never. Not, not, not in a million years. And I look in my office and I've got the pictures of all the teams and as you say, the riders that I've worked with. I mean, I've worked with the greatest riders in, in, in the modern era, to be fair. I think there's, there's not many that um, I, I didn't manage or work with and, and it has. It's been, it's been an absolute honour. Well, we, we know the Turbo Twins were a handful for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On and off the track. Yeah, yeah. We know you're a Speedway family, and the family here at Bailey House has been synonymous with Paul Speedway. Yep. Because of the way that, you know, the riders have, have stayed here and it's become their home. Legendary parties, I'm told of, that have happened here. Yeah. Which I'm sure you can't say too much about. I mean, 
how, how did all that start? How did, how did the riders being here start? Was well, it something my, started a long time yeah, ago? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, mum and dad did it originally, sort of, because obviously it's a big house and, and they didn't have a lot of money and so they had to make the house work for them, as we still do. Um, and they had riders staying then um, all the time. But in those days, they'd have the sort of southern tours. So they'd have the Glasgow, Edinburgh teams. They'd come down, they'd do sort of Exeter, Poole, Oxford or Wimbledon, and, and then sort of so they'd base themselves here. So you come from Exeter here, do the bikes, then Paul Wednesday, then Oxford Thursday or Wimbledon. So that's how it's always, it's always been. Um, we don't have so many Southern tours anymore, but we still remain, have riders living here. They've been living here for over 40 odd years. And, and again, you could say the names of the riders, you know, Chris, Darcy, Tony, um, Javi. They've all stayed here and, and, and everybody stayed here. Anybody stayed here at one time. Um, and I enjoy it. It, it. It's good fun, I've got to say. They've got their workshops here and the boys still come and stay now. The poor boys, if they're racing the night before pool, they'll come here and, and they, they've got the workshops, which is brilliant for them. Does that keep you young then, staying involved with the younger yeah, riders? I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm outside and Zach and Ben are here obviously tonight. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, it keeps you young and it, and it keeps you current as well because you know how the bikes have evolved, how that's changed. Yeah, so that's, it's, it's good for you. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't you know, want to hang with the kids all the time, but I, I enjoy their company, they enjoy my company. You know, we'll go down the pub and have a beer or watch the Speedway or, or have a game of darts occasionally. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoy their company. They're, they're all good boys and we, we've been very, very lucky that everybody bar none has been, been absolutely a, a, a treat to have here. The fact that, that you open your doors, Paul Speedway as a club, have benefited from having that. It's become like a, a given that if somebody comes to Paul, Midlow looks after yeah, him. Yeah, basically. Yeah, Matt always phones me. I mean, it's, it's, I mean the Aussie boys particularly, because I'm married to an Aussie, Susie. Um, and, and we'd like to think that if my kids were abroad, somebody would do the same for us. I know they would, because of all the years we've done it, everybody says, you always got a bed here, there, or everywhere. So that's, that's, we're, we're, Speedway's a family. Everybody knows that. It's a, it's a massive family, and, and, and your family are so synonymous and, and attached to Paul. Yeah. It's, it's, make, it's what makes Paul very special as well, mate. It really does, as a fan. It makes Paul very special. Yeah, it does. And I'm, and I'm very proud of the legacy that my dad's handed down to me. So, yeah. And you, and you deserve um, this second testimonial, which is on its way mm. um, at the end of August. The team format, with you being the team manager that you are, it had to be a team format, didn't it? Yeah, really, I, th I think. And, and also we've got two, two great sponsors on, on board with County Crest, um, Andy County Crest and Andy from um, Meridian Lifts, who've been involved with Paul for many, many years in the sponsorship. And, and Andy's uh, put a team together for in memory of his wife, Jo. Um, and, and Andy's just a, a massive fan with his wife, Karen. So it's going to be it's, it's going to be a great night. So there is uh, Neil Middleditch and uh, the teams that he was just talking about there are as follows. And of course, it's obviously subject to change depending on last minute injuries and so on. But this is as they stand, as, as best we know. The County Crest All-Stars, which will feature Jack Holder, Frederick Jacobson, Paul Stark, Richard Lawson, Scott Nichols, Kyle Newman and Ben Cook, team managed by Mark Loram and Karen Tracy. And the Meridian Lifts heroes will feature Jason Doyle, Danny King, Chris Harris, Hans Anderson, Brady Kurtz, Dylan Rummel and Zach Cook, team managed by Gary Havelock and Sean Wilkinson. So uh, those are the two lineups, and uh, that meeting takes place um, Wednesday night, August 31st at Pool Stadium, 7.30. Get down there for a great evening in honour of uh, one of British Speedway's uh, great names and great servants, Neil Middleditch. And uh, you're sure to have a great evening of entertainment with the names on show uh, for both teams uh, taking part in that one. Good luck to everybody, and good luck to Middle Oak, because it's been a long time coming, and hopefully you finally 
finally gets his cash. Uh, that's the bottom line of it. Let's have a look at the fixtures then for the next week or so in British Speedway. And we've got that Neil Middleditch testimonial, 7.30 the start time. It's uh, also the uh, same time as the British under-21 final gets underway at Birmingham. And uh, we're talking about that earlier. So two big meetings on Wednesday. Back to Premiership action on Thursday. Kings Lynn versus Peterborough and Sheffield versus Wolverhampton, both getting underway at 7.30. And then on Friday, it's Redcart versus Edinburgh. Uh, this is in the Championship Knockout Cup semi-final, so that gets underway 7.30 at the Echo Arena. And it's Scunthorpe versus Leicester in another Knockout Cup uh, clash. And then on Saturday, we've got the European Championship Final 3. That's the Speedway Euros at Uj in Poland. And in the National League, it's the Leicester Lion Cubs versus the uh, Kent Kings in the National League at 7 o'clock at the Paul Chapman and Sons Arena. Sunday, Kent take on Armadale, Mildenhall versus Berwick and Mildenhall versus Plymouth in a doubleheader in the National League there. And uh, that's at West Row, um, but a busy programme in the National League. And then back to Premiership action on Monday, Bellevue Aces versus the Sheffield Tigers, uh, War of the Roses, uh, as we were mentioning before, and Peterborough versus Ipswich, which is your Eurosport meeting. And then um, we've got that uh, rearrangement in the championship, which was the one that was affected by the slightly damp track last week where it was the postponed one. Plymouth versus Glasgow takes place on Tuesday, September 6th. And uh, that takes you through the next week or so. And we'll be back next week with another episode of No Breaks, No Fear to look ahead to uh, everything else that's coming up in the week ahead and of course looking back on those meetings we've just talked about of course keep up to date with everything happening across british speedway and your club online britishspeedway.co.uk and keep your eye on social media as well follow us on facebook twitter and instagram to get all the latest updates as and when we get them and we'll join you next week here on no breaks no fear no breaks no fear the official british speedway podcast Podcast Network.